Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. I think for this episode, I'd like to be called Nancy with an I. (laughs) (laughs) Nancy with an I. (laughs) No, but seriously, it's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. How are you doing today, Nancy? (laughs) (laughs) Nancy's doing good. Someone's holding their hand. Did you did you get well acquainted with Nancy today? I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> that's because you haven't watched season two of Bonding yet, which is what we're talking about today. Indeed. The whole second season, which sounds long, but the episodes are like 15 minutes each. So yeah, like, it's so short. <laughs> It's like the length of a long movie in total. I, at some points, didn't notice the transition between episodes. Oh. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Like, I mean, they play like two minutes of music in the credits. How did you not notice that that wasn't part of the show? Oh, I don't know. Mine just skips through all that stuff. Oh, I don't have it set up to autoplay. (laughs) I have to manually click it like a loser. (laughs) (laughs) But I I don't want anyone to decide what plays next. I have the autoplay turned off as well i don't want the the internet deciding my future for me (laughs) that's fair that's fair but yeah so bonding season two bonding season two um realized immediately that i did not remember anything that happened in bonding season one (laughs) nope i didn't even remember anyone's name so for the first episode i'm like waiting desperately to hear someone's name because i'm like who are you (laughs) I watched about five minutes of it and then I went to YouTube and searched for a season one recap and Mm. found like the shittiest recap ever but it was enough that like it clicked a few things into place for me I was like oh yeah yeah okay I remember that happened kind of thing but then season two kind of picks up like 10 months later I think um so if you don't remember a lot of what happened, it's kind of okay because it kind of takes its own story as well. <laughs> yeah, it does. it does. So don't feel obligated to rewatch season one if you if you can't remember what happened. You'll, yeah, you'll make it, you'll make it work. Don't worry. Yeah. The caveat to that would be, I would say do go back and watch season one because maybe I just wasn't feeling it. But I, I, if my memory serves, I liked season one a lot better than season two. Oh, okay, that's fair. I remember really liking season one, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember specifically why. (laughs) I also enjoyed season two, so perhaps you just weren't feeling it today. (laughs) Could be. be. Um, What what didn't you like about it? I felt like... I don't know. I feel like it was a little more difficult for me to... Maybe this is an external fact. It was difficult to me to, for me to get into the show. And so okay. I, I kind of found my, and like with the things happening in it generally, I was kind of like, <laughs> do I care? I don't know. You That's know? fair. There yeah. are definitely good moments. Like it's definitely something I would still recommend to people to watch. Um, yeah. And maybe it would be different if I went back and watched season one through season two so that I'm just like on that high. But 
Yeah, I, I think that rewatching season one would have probably made season two more enjoyable because I would have remembered the conflicts that were going on in it. I feel like I liked Tiff and Pete's relationship a lot better in season one. I feel like it oh kind of yeah. goes into the toilet in this season pretty badly. Oh, it's a hot disaster in this one. <laughs> um, and for like a lot of different reasons too. It's not just like one thing. Their Their whole relationship is pretty messed up we find out and based on a lot of like lies and deception yeah um but overall like i don't know i guess i did enjoy watching it i thought there were a lot of funny moments i really like um tiff's like the progression of her relationship with doug i think was like my favorite part um and i think that if there is a season three we're gonna see a lot more of pete trying to figure out who he is relative to Carter. Like, I think that he's almost like struggling with trying to tell the difference between his onstage comedic persona and his real person, you know, in life, Pete. (laughs) And he even says this briefly to like, I don't know his his manager. I don't know who that woman was supposed to be. The comedy club owner. (laughs) At least. But he kind of like alludes to like he's not able to tell the difference between Pete and Carter anymore, and I think that just becomes like progressively more obvious as well throughout this the season. Yeah, I do throughout the two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think season three, if it if it comes, will definitely be that because it's just like yeah, we see him, and they talk about this quite a bit, but like you know, he kind of basically followed Tiff into this. Um, because she needed support and um, you know whether or not it was with or without consent is you know up for debate (laughs) meaning that it was not but um, we do find you know Carter despite the fact that he's supposed to be training to be a dom is really like we see him playing the submissive role and then abandoning it essentially after he get well he kind of gets pushed out by (laughs) Tiff Um, yeah but yeah, at the end, he's kind of like, he's he's gone through the roles of like attempting to be the dom, attempting to be the sub, not really enjoying either of them. And yet he's stuck with this persona now because that's how the agent found him. And, you know, he's going yeah. to be expected now to act up to that like, persona, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I think that if, if, if Pete and Carter... Or if Pete is able to, like, work out who he is with Carter, um, like, I, I think he could make it work because he has enough experience in, like, the dominatrix world to pull on it for a lot of humor. Mm-hmm. But he needs to, like, not use, like, aspects of his own life as much, I guess, is what it seems. Yeah, that's, it, you know, and it's clear, and he even mentions this at one point, that he does that for, as a sort of coping mechanism, right? And several times people are like, don't put that in the act, you know, like they keep stopping yeah. him from writing jokes and stuff. But it's kind of like, it's, I think he doesn't, and he said that too, he doesn't know what his limits are. And I I don't know if he's crossed limits. I It's hard to say, like, especially well, with his last thing with- right with the baby and, like, and Tiff and stuff. Right. And I think like that is it, the shittiest part of it for him is it's not so even so much that like the comedic world is going to know him as like master Carter. It's that the comedic world is like kind of welcoming him in based on his, what, what, what do com- comedic like comedian comedians call it their skit? No. Um, sure. 
<laughs> like like their their content their yeah. his show based on like the baby that him and tiff almost had together basically um and that's probably not something that tiff or or pete really want mocked you know and and made fun of in that way but as carter he's doing it anyways right and he can't just be like oh can i write something different because like the agent is is bringing him on to the late show because of of this content that he's created about almost being a dominatrix dad basically yeah and that's another issue and one that um you know i keep wanting to say may but may slash tiff uh, yes. brings up as well because it's true that like the entire time that he's been in quote the the dominatrix world he's not taken it seriously ever like even right. when they're out on call or whatever he's like overacting and being ridiculous yeah. and like you know interrupting no, yeah. every time may is trying to get like the sub to do something and so it's kind of like he is getting i mean one one show isn't famous but like he is getting yeah. well known at least um based on his sort of mockery of the dom community That's true. which i yeah. think is going to end up backfiring against him immensely especially once he goes on national television and all right. the doms across the world are going to see him essentially yeah, yeah. making fun of their lifestyle yeah so. and yeah i think that's kind of why like things come to a head the way they mm-hmm. do with um pete and with tiff is because she wants to be just like mistress mira she wants to learn being a dominatrix as almost like an art or a yeah. craft she wants to learn the nuances of it in a very serious fashion and he just thinks it's funny you know and is is weirded out by a lot of things they have to do and is really only there because tiff basically forced him to in season one to be a part of this world with her kind of thing yeah um so i i think that their relationship deteriorating was very predictable <laughs> very predictable and i think probably healthy at this yeah. point yeah I, I think he seems to make the right call for himself at the end yeah and i think we see we see a lot of obviously during this season tiff is also trying to figure out herself in what she wants and i don't think she comes to the conclusion you mentioned that she wants to like learn the art of like bdsm and stuff until towards the end um when she finally like kind of comes into herself thanks a lot to mira who mistress mira who was or melissa who was (laughs) who was um trying to get her to realize that like just because you're a dom doesn't mean that you can't have a family and people you love and show affection and have that aspect of your life you know um which allows her to ultimately open up and realize that she loves um Doug with his apparently beer bottle or beer can joke or whatever. <laughs> beer can. Like, good lord. <laughs> There's no way that's pleasant. I'm sorry, ladies. <laughs> I feel like it'd be pretty difficult. <laughs> but, um, uh, I feel like it would be difficult for both parties. Like, I would this... think. Oh my god. Just split from taint to top. <laughs> but um but also just like in his personal life i feel like it would just be 
cumbersome and irritating. Right. Well, I assume it's not. I assume it's not bottles or I keep saying bottle can size all the time. It probably well, probably not, but it still must be bulbous <laughs> in order to swell to such proportions on demand. Oh my god. Anyway, I did like. I did like. Um, I ultimately liked the introduction of Gina, his ex, yeah. because I liked that she and Tiff bonded a lot, and I, I think she helped her a lot come to terms, too, with, like, what she wants and how she views some things. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, too, that they, they at first they kind of present Gina as this, like, hippie with her crystals and quartz <laughs> and stuff, but then it's kind of that's kind of lost pretty quick. It's like a weird thing. Well, I kind of think like that's when somebody kind of comes into the room and they've got on a long flowing dress and they're (laughs) carrying like bags of crystals and, and talking about how the crystals are going to heal you and calm you. That's all you see about the person. Like you don't see any of their other characteristics beyond like this person thinks rocks can cure me. Um, (laughs) No offense to anybody who does believe that. You can believe whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but then, like, once she gets to know Gina, like, separately from her crystals, you know, she realizes, oh, the, she's just the normal person who this, the, the crystals just bring her comfort, you know? you know, and, and they make her feel good more than anybody else in reality. And yeah. so then we see more of a development with Gina's character at that point. Yeah, that's true. Which I liked. Gina was a fun character. She was. And I think she helps Doug to realize, you know, that he's maybe not the feminist that he thinks he is. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I love that scene when his like student was calling him out for the hand picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I painted my own hand. <laughs> How is that feminist? Or what was it what they were trying to paint like misogynist. Yeah. Yes. That. Misogyny. <laughs> and okay. How in the hell did they get so much fucking paint on themselves painting a little (laughs) 9 by 11 inch portrait? They had paint all over their faces and down their clothes and in their hair. Did they roll around in it? I have no idea. One of my notes is literally in bold. Why are they covered in paint at Doug's group? (laughs) Yeah, that's what mine basically says. It says, how in the hell did they get so much paint on themselves? (laughs) With two question marks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I didn't understand that either. I was like, we understand that they were painting. They had right. paintings. Thank you. But And okay, and I could like buy having a set of of clothes that you use just for painting oh, yeah. that would have like, paint splattered on them, but not necessarily just like doused in paint from head to foot. <laughs> right. It's not like they were painting Jackson Pollocks where they're just like, you know, carefully dripping and or not throwing but i guess throwing perhaps the paint they, i don't know well perhaps they were maybe the rest of them were and the only ones who didn't were the two whose we saw the rest maybe. Of them were just throwing paint around the, the entire room <laughs> <laughs> oh what is it that he is he's even like a teacher or is this like a volunteer thing so uh, nervous i'm not <laughs> i'm not sure if that's mentioned in the first season i and i just completely shut it out because I have no idea, and I was like, what is this? I don't remember it being in the first season at all. I thought the only thing I can remember about um, 
Doug from the first season is that he's in her one class in college and kind of is like flirty with her. And she kind of starts to show an interest, like at the very end of the first season, like she starts to show a real interest in him. But I don't remember him having like a, I don't know, an AA group for men who are afraid they're too misogynistic. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much what it is. An MA group, misogynistic synonymous. <laughs> like what he's running there. That, I mean, that's essentially but, what's going on. Basically, what it is, it's like in a high school basketball gym or something. <laughs> Versus a regular gym, this was just the basketball gym. Yep, just the basketball gym. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a an interesting note, but anyway, but. I do like Doug in this season. Yeah. I at first like after he breaks his leg and gets all weird with his ex, I wasn't sure if I was gonna like it, but I do I do like the way it ultimately ends and, and she's able to tell him that she loves him at the end, which is which is nice. And I think that her her fear of like the reason she doesn't say it back to him when he first says it is not so much that she doesn't love him at, at that time. It's more that she's afraid she's not allowed to love anybody as a dominatrix, like that she yeah. can't have that part of her life um like have somebody that she loves and also be a dominatrix. But like once um Mistress Mira kind of says, It's okay, you can do that yeah. <laughs> then then she goes for it more. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we do. Let's talk, Josh. Josh. Joshua's Pete's boyfriend. Yeah, it was a disappointment. I really hate him. <laughs> I thought I liked him to begin with, <laughs> but he goes downhill real fast. <laughs> no, he's the worst, and I think I think. Um, was it Mark who goes by like Dicky because he's got a huge dick apparently? Yeah. Um, he at one point says something like, "I don't, I don't like you because, or I don't." It's what does he say? Something about like, "I don't care that you're gay, but you're self-involved as fuck." And yeah, something like that. Saying he's really, like really self-centered kind of thing. And he yeah. is, and like he's so toxic too for Pete, like essentially mm. kind of pushing him to do things he doesn't want to do ultimately yeah like the whole twin thing yeah i mean they he does back <laughs> off like that was weird as fuck <laughs> yeah he's like oh he, you didn't know that he wanted to fuck his dead twin <laughs> so weird. um but he does like back like doug or not doug um josh does back off when pete's like no i really don't want to do this um yeah. he does back off at that point but yeah, that was the first episode where I was like, hmm, maybe Josh isn't as great as he seems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, finding out that he is straight, like, or is not out, I guess, around all of his family and his coworkers. Like, he has made this fictitious, like, wife and children that he has, you know, um, <laughs> his coworkers ask him about how's the wife and kids doing kind of thing. Right. <laughs> but that was another red flag. <laughs> yeah. I did like the twist at the end that uh, his dad was Mira's main client, essentially. Yes, her personal sub. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's pretty much all I want to say about Josh. I'm kind of glad that they broke up because he was kind of, it, it was not great. 
it didn't seem yeah yeah um let's talk about nancy (laughs) (laughs) our callback to the very beginning of the episode yes i so this is chelsea um yes who is a fun yes the high school friend who is a fun character and I believe it was the actress who played Chelsea that liked one of our tweets at one point. So shout out oh, yes, to you yeah, if yeah. you're listening. Um, it was fun to see. <laughs> Which you are. <laughs> yeah. It was fun to see Chelsea again. And I, I honestly expected that. See, this is kind of like the, an example of how quickly things move in this show. Because I kind of expected that to take a little more time. That whole like her finding her orgasm thing yeah it's just like okay lie on the rely on the rug surrounded by dildos and (laughs) you're gonna automatically (laughs) orgasm i don't know if that's how it works i love that she just has an entire bag of like different dildos (laughs) and vibrators (laughs) she's like i need help (laughs) (laughs) just dumps them on the floor i don't know what to do with any of these things (laughs) oh my god oh oh and so nancy then is We, we learned that Chelsea has a, a very difficult time using the word vagina and and looking at it or talking about it or thinking about it, apparently. Yep. And then is, is it consequently never had an orgasm. So as Tiff or Mistress May is helping Chelsea to discover herself, they use Nancy as the code word for vagina. Which is weird considering that it came from a friend of hers that drowned when she was six. Yeah. Well, as as Mistress May says, we'll unbag that another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh Lord. But yeah, that was a fun. That was a funny episode. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, I guess the only main storyline left is Frank slash Rolf slash Portia, and the baby that wasn't. I don't remember them at all from season <laughs> one. I'm assuming they were in it. <laughs> there were, I, I briefly remember something happening between Frank and Pete, because Frank is his roommate. Okay. And there was something about like him walking in on him naked or something. I can't remember. Okay. Something Yeah. It, was Portia just like Frank's girlfriend then at that time? I, I don't, don't remember. remember. She was she in it? Maybe she's just new to this season. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't remember. But... <laughs> But yeah, they go but through some troubles pregnant. of their own. Yeah, she gets yeah. pregnant, has a miscarriage. Well, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, much to Frank's sadness. Poor guy. Yes. Because Which, like... Was, I mean, I feel like everybody, all three are of, of the people in this situation are better off with the way things ended because they were not in any way, like, ready to be parents. <laughs> No, they weren't. And also Frank, I feel this is another example. Well, I know that Frank is supposed to be like the dumb guy. Like he's dumb. We get it. But he's also like, it's, it's really kind of sad because Pete convinces him to start go-go dancing. But then we find out that he's just essentially letting whoever jack him off while he's dancing yeah. and then at the end he's like crying over his money because he probably feels like he's being used because he is yeah it's a weird yeah. um weird situation i hope frank in season three will get a break yeah and i feel like now that 
the at least there's no longer like a baby in the picture he doesn't have to like feel the need to get some office job but he could get a job where maybe he's not you know feeling quite as abused and used at the end of every shift <laughs> right yikes but yeah i think that um and that that conversation then of course is like how tiff and, or pete overhears tiff talking about yeah the pregnant when they had sex that one time in high school and and had an abortion and never told him about it um and it's kind of like the foundation of their friendship (laughs) yeah and she talks about too how like that entire like first year or whatever she did not answer any of his calls and just kind of ignored him i think she said but she in a way like you know she was using that story as a way to it convince portia to leave a note and not just flake out and leave yeah so that's true you know she had good intentions she just was needed uh, an apartment with doors and not curtains they can't be overheard as easily (laughs) i like when uh patrick the twin guy was leaving the room he's like and get a door and just left (laughs) yeah oh my god (sighs) i think that takes up all of the main characters in the story doesn't it pretty much yeah i guess yeah, we don't but, talk about Mistress Mira and her financial troubles, but uh, I kind of see, see her not being in season three, and like season three is going to be um, Tiff, like kind of running this new place that they're opening up to have their dungeon in. Yeah, same. I think it was a way for so, her to no. step out. Yeah. Pass on, pass it on, pass the baton. Yeah. Do you uh, have any good quotes you'd like to share? I do have a couple. Um, okay, me too. All right. Um, I will start with this one here. Gina, one of the first things she says is, the city is truly dismantling my chakras already. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it when Doug says, holy green eggs and ham, you're the sexiest stalker I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone says about Doug, I guess, and rightly so, he must really lay the pipe. Oh, <laughs> uh, when they're um at that like really expensive boutique um with the with the mistress Mira's sub, Pete says, You can buy ten thousand dollars worth of silk napkins that barely cover your Lady Macbeth and I can't have one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Macbeth. <laughs> See that's a better one than Gina with or Gina, that's it. With than Nancy with an eye. Yes. Lady Macbeth. Nancy with an eye. <laughs> Lady um, Macbeth. I have this, I like when Pete is asking Rolf, what do I have? And Rolf just says, insecurity masked by humor. Fair. Um, And my last two quotes are both by Chelsea. Okay. Um, The first one is, just sell your soul to the corporate devil and you too can live alone in a giant apartment with a bunch of fish. (laughs) Um, My last one is just like, I just wrote it down because it really like ties together what happened at the end of Pete and uh, Tiff's relationship. And that is, you used to make me feel safe. And he says, that's fine because you used to make me feel dangerous. The end. (laughs) The end. I have one more quote by Chelsea who, where it says, I, and she asks, Tiff asks if she's ever, you know, explored herself. And she's like, I have navigated the terrain, but mostly I don't even really like to look at it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Chelsea. I wonder if Chelsea will be back in the season three. I hope so. It just won't be the same without her appearing in one episode. (laughs) With one dilemma after the other. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But yeah, so that's pretty much bonding season two. Yes. Um, on second thought, maybe rewatching season one would be helpful if you haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. So I feel like we had a lot of questions that we probably could have answered had we rewatched season one first. Definitely. I guess we could have even listened back back to our episode on season one to know, but I was too lazy to do that too. I thought about doing it, but I didn't start watching the show until today. And I didn't realize until after I started watching it, how much I didn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so right. then it was like, well, it's too late. Oh, well, I'll just watch this five minute YouTube recap. <laughs> What's done is done. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, Anyways. so yeah. So uh, if you've made it this far, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, if you want to let us know what you thought about bonding and or you have something you'd like to recommend to us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at NNO podcast. Or you can send us an email at navigating Netflix originals at gmail.com. There we go. we'll be back next week with something fancy and schmancy i'm sure we probably (laughs) (laughs) but until then (laughs) fancy and schmancy we guarantee both here on nno (laughs) only the fanciest and schmanciest here absolutely (laughs) but yeah so until then (laughs) until then (laughs) Bye. bye